dude, we got both these teams. They're they're we we called nine points, or at least I called nine points uh-huh. uh, before the tournament started. I'll, I'll double up. I'll say eighteen points now. This is the Doopy Brothers Podcast, presented by the Brotherly Game. I'm AJ, down here in Fredericksburg, Virginia, joined by my co-host and my brother. I'm Luke. I'm up here in Philly, and it is episode 64. We're recording on a Thursday night, right after, uh, about 12 hours after the Union's kickoff this morning. Um, So we finally have some real soccer to talk about. Uh, Obviously, super excited MLS is back tournament. Um, We're going to run through what happened last night. And then, of course, we'll break down this morning's game. Um, and then we'll also give you a little preview of what's coming up ahead as uh, the tournament kind of shifts around and our schedule changes to uh, Miami and Orlando. So, uh, Luke, welcome to the Men in Black. No, MLS is back. Tournament. Yeah, that I acronym took me a while to understand what was actually what they were talking about. Yeah, I saw the means of the MIB, and I, I thought it was uh, Men in Black, but... I figured it out. It didn't yeah. take me that long. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's back. What did you think last night? Yeah, last night. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot to discuss. The, the, I mean, probably the one of the bigger or most important takeaways was the uh, this the before the game even started the what the black players of change and MLS organized uh, before the the game started with. Um, the Orlando and Miami teams taking a knee, which was kind of expected, but then what was maybe less expected was seeing all all the back black players from every MLS team uh, walking out, surrounding kind of like at the perimeter of the pitch, and then all you know raised their fists and had like a moment of silence for for eight minutes and forty six seconds, which is you know as we all know is the uh, the amount of time that the officer was you know kneeling on George Floyd's, Floyd's head and killing him so it was a really really powerful moment and really cool um, to see MLS and the, the black players of, of change like organize this and all went like you know really was really really cool visually but also really uh, really important and the, the message was, was real real cool yeah that was definitely definitely one of the coolest parts of uh, a new tournament starter I've never, never seen anything like that obviously and um yeah, just fantastic. Uh, I, I gotta give some crap to people real quick. Um, yeah, I told you I was gonna do a little rant, and I'm sorry I'm gonna do it on here. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I hopped off Twitter for a little bit. So Luke's in charge of the Doopy Brothers Twitter machine um, because I was just tired of seeing all this like racist crap and stuff, and I get sucked in as I I'm a teacher on summer, so I have too much time on my hands. And so I was rely on Facebook. I was on the Philadelphia Union Facebook, and they posted a picture of the union players and then stupidly and luke luke you're telling me i, I can't go on facebook comments either because i clicked on the comments thinking like this is going to be so powerful people are going to be exalting our team and and praising them and be like this is so great yeah now and they still see no i i thought people's names are tied to these uh facebook accounts pictures and all and but people are still being idiots and they're like i i mean i saw multiple people like well i guess i'm not rooting for this team anymore 
and it was just like so such trash on there um someone else tweeted about it today saying that they saw the comments too and saw that you know we're trying to delete the trashy comments but it's just like so obnoxious and, and i was just so pissed off after reading that um some people were not happy with it and it's just like get out of here grow up um change your brain or or just shut your mouth because that's it's just terrible and uh, um so so proud of our team uh, not only the players last night and then we'll talk about of course what our our own team did today so it was, it's just so cool so proud of mls and all the soccer players um not only in mls but around the world kind of using their platform to uh speak for change and make the world a better place yeah so yeah wait, wait, another mo uh, note just yeah. on that uh it was cool to see all like the, all the t-shirts they were wearing the last night and this and today and it seems like throughout the tournament they're wearing them they were all designed by uh warren Craval, which is really cool that is because cool. they obviously yeah, look real job. nice but also the messaging was just you know on point and so that was, it was cool to see a union player involved with what you know the whole whole team whole like tournaments uh shirts in this in this regard so pretty cool yeah definitely 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 um so shout out to warren yeah. doing doing more good work so there was some soccer played last night mls was back uh normally a miami versus orlando game might not catch my attention on a regular saturday or sunday during the regular season but last night i was so excited to tune in um and and it felt good it felt good to watch soccer again uh been watching epl and bundesliga and the other leagues around the world um, so as far as like the watching experience, I didn't really mind. It's almost like I've been conditioned to not see fans and not hear the fans. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't really, I mean, if anything, I almost wish the commentators didn't talk so much. Uh, how'd you feel about watching the soccer last night? Yeah, no, that's actually a good, a good point. Cause like they had all these, these mics to like pick up the players and the coaches and everyone's uh, like, you know, communication in like on the field. And that was such a cool, like uh, insight that we don't usually get. Cause like fans are, usually making it so loud that you can never hear that stuff. But yeah, like you're saying, like all the commentators, like Twelman just kept talking, so we couldn't hear hear as much of that. But, uh, you know, I think generally, I yeah, I felt like I was pretty okay with everything. You know, the the visually, the, the, the whole like screen behind the field and like all the ads is like, I get like, it's just kind of like, you know, just got a, a money grab for MLS, but it didn't bother me visually. The Adidas logo in the middle of the field kind of did. But I got you said it more, you know, quicker than I expected. Um, Visually, there is an issue with. I, I don't know if they're ever going to fix this because it seems like it might be a permanent issue. But there's a blind spot in the field. Mm -hmm. You can't see from the normal camera um, right underneath the camera by the benches. And and last night, I think MLS had a bit of a problem because that's where Nani was playing, the only player on the field who really was a big name and he played on that end or that sideline. And, um, there were several times where the balls played into him and it would take him a, a couple seconds to switch over. But that, I feel like that's a, that should be something that, uh, should not exist in this extended coverage of one field. Yeah. But I, I think the reason was just because all these, all these fields are, uh, like so close to each other that they can't like have the cameras back enough to like, be set up to get that whole that whole angle because like then they'd be like cameras be set up like on top of the other fields but yeah yeah i agree that was kind of a an awkward awkward viewing but and, and you know they try to cover with like having cameras on the sideline to like cut to whenever it would get to that that spot but yeah it didn't didn't work super well every, all the time but 
I, other than that, I don't know. I think that, like some like the Jordan shots are kind of cool. I didn't see like too much of that. It wasn't like it was more like replays. They would cut to those kind of things, but mm-hmm. like generally, like I was. I mean, I guess I'm. I'm just so excited for I must be back. I didn't want. I didn't like care as much. I guess, but I think yeah, you yeah. know the things they were trying to do. I think generally went pretty well. You know, maybe a little too much ads. You know, like literally everywhere around the field is is an ad. You know, new spots even like virtually like pasted onto the field is is something that I didn't expect to see. But you know, it's it's whatever. They got they got to do it though. Yeah, do what they I mean, do. Yeah. they're trying to make up. Yeah, they're trying to make up a lot of lost revenue, and uh, they're selling. They got to sell as much as they can to keep um, the league running as it runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, let's see. So. So it was like last night. We'll we'll break down those teams a little bit in the second half and the actual that actual game. But um, this morning got to wake up. Uh, some people got to wake up and drive to the Sioux, which is pretty cool for them. Um, of course, I didn't. Being in Virginia, you didn't this morning. Yeah, but it looked I had, like it had to work, cool but party. yeah, it looked cool. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Looked like it was a cool watch party. Um, looked like Jared and Adam were up up on the Ring of Honor. You know, doing smoke and flags and um, leaving cheers and stuff. So it looked like a cool thing. Morgan was down on the field taking pictures of people. Um, so definitely a cool experience that the union are letting fans have in a socially distance, safe way. Yeah, it's definitely something that I think I'm going to try to do. And maybe, maybe not the 10:30 game. I, I, I don't know if they would do that then. But if possibly the the eight o'clock game or maybe a knockout round, if they have like timing works out when I, I'm not working, I. It looks like a fun thing to to try to take advantage of. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, I even thought about driving up, but uh, it would not be a smart use of my time. No. <laughs> um. So the lineup came out, uh, but before we get to actual players, um, we we talked about this a little bit that the union players are wearing not their names on the back of the jerseys; they're wearing names of victims of police uh, violence. Um. And, and that's just it was so cool and it, it caught the caught the league by surprise and, and the announcers didn't know what was going to happen and it was just a really cool moment definitely uh kind of teared up just thinking about how powerful it was and i i, I don't know it's just just so proud of again saying again so proud of our team and, and this is our team at the forefront of this movement all wearing the shin guards um calling for equality and then then doing this like it's it's just such a cool thing i'm um, nothing but pride for this team and then thankfully they backed it up with a nice win but that's a cool moment that also made for front page of espn today so you know you did something big and did something right or hopefully did something right but definitely did something big uh if you're making the front page of espn yeah yeah it's yeah again so proud of our team and feels really good to be a union fan right now because of that more than anything else like the, the play on the field and getting wins is always great but having these players and curtain you know everyone on the union organization being on the right side of this and allowing the the players and specifically like the black players like mckenzie and gaddis and craval being like taking charge and like um you know it's, it seems like a really big um thing within the team they seem that they were saying that the teams like had a lot of discussions and, and talked about this a lot and this was a big uh yeah big thing with the team and they all you know decided on this and it was really really impactful and yeah it was, it was just a really really great moment that we're gonna 
you know, more than anything else, probably this is probably going to be one of the things that we take away from this tournament and remember for, you know, a long time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So let's get into the lineup. Um, pretty much what we expected. I mean, Glessness was out, so that uh, Elliot and McKenzie started. Um, I didn't realize Sergio had picked up a knock. Uh, and then looking at the bench, there was no Vutno or Galena either. So I didn't, you, you filled me in that they were all um, hurt. And so Elsino got the start. And that, that was really the only thing that everyone was kind of upset about. And, and obviously, we're all aware of his abilities, but he's not a starter. And uh, I think I think it was very evident through the through the first I don't know wait the last fifty minutes or so that he was not a player who should be starting a game because he just couldn't get going. And and when other teams are fresh and um, not worn down after seventy minutes when he usually comes in, he's a lot less effective. Uh, I wouldn't say he was also very. He had a few touches that got away from him, too. It wasn't like he was perfectly clean, um, but no one was. But, yeah, I think I, I was kind of afraid that uh, Jim was going to stick with him for the whole game. Um, that That's because when we saw the Union play D.C. in the Open Cup last year, he started El Sino, and he let El Sino go a full 120 minutes because that game went into extra time. And I kind of had this fear, like, oh, crap, like, Jim Jim loves going for with El Senior for a tournament. But thankfully, he didn't he didn't stay in that long. But it really kind of started us. Uh, I, I just felt like it kind of hurt what I was hoping to see. I was really looking forward to seeing um, the Union coming out strong and pressing and putting the other team under pressure. And uh, with El Senior out there, you're not, you're not going to be playing that way. You just don't have the legs. Um, I, there were a couple times where I felt like other players were trying to cover for him defensively. He just wasn't in the right spots. And and if you're not playing defense the right way and you're trying to cover for other people, a press isn't going to work. You're going to find yourself out of position too often. Um, and so, so, yeah, we were definitely missing a second striker who could help Casper press. Uh, and Casper definitely kind of looked lonely up there. Um, the night before, they te- kept talking about how Dom Dwyer was playing as a lone striker and the work that he was putting in. And that's kind of what Casper kind of looked like up there, just kind of on his own running around and not really getting the support or the partnership that he was looking for, really needed. Uh, Let's see. What would you like to say? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I feel like El Sino, he like, they, they like even set him up with certain changes where you, where you would expect him to do really well and take on, players and like i feel like there's at least like i don't know two or three chances where like he seemed like he like found a nice pocket of space right outside the right side of the box where like you know like that's where like all of his highlights start and like he did a little bit of his like you know his jukes and stuff but it really didn't create anything and you know one he just like kind of ran out of bounds and another one he just like nothing was kind of working for uh elcino and like the team around elcino basically at like we can say like Aronson was all over the place and he probably covered a lot of El Senior's ground, but that was more indicative of like just Aronson being such a, you know, proactive and had great, had a great performance, like being, being able to uh, be so effective with the, you know, counter, counterbalancing what El Senior was doing on the field. But uh, yeah. And, and I think it caused Aronson to run out of gas because he clearly, I mean, he ran himself into the ground and, 
and he got subbed out because he was just out of gas. I remember looking and he had made some run up the right side or something, chase some ball. And then he just had his hands on his knees and it's not something I've really seen the young kid do. He's usually got so much energy, but uh, between the heat and covering almost like two spots, uh, he ran himself into the ground and hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to recover in time for Tuesday. But he was in my mind, the best field player on the field. Um, among the whole all 20 field players out there uh he he looked aggressive and attacking players wanted to go at guys um he had a he had a couple plays where there's a little rust like he missed Bedoya on an easy pass down the right side um but i felt like on the defensive end when he got the ball he was able to relieve the team from some pressure with a dribble or smart pass and then on the attack he was really the only player who looked like he was able to create anything against their defense he had one where he like juggled over a guy and then played a Tolosino and that would have been a nice highlight if Tolosino could have finished the play. Um, but yeah, Aronson, Aronson was, I, I thought easily the best attacking field player on the field. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Cause we didn't get too much from, you know, Casper just because of that, that situation. And then I feel like Bedoya and Montero had relatively quiet, games i feel like montero definitely had did a lot of defensive work and Medoy did too but like i think yeah just offensively it wasn't really clicking a whole lot with them um but i think like what what big takeaway from this game is that we played against nyc who's like who's such a good such a skilled team have so many you know talented players on the ball and there's so many times where i get really nervous because seeing the nyc like you know, creating possessions and passing the ball around and we weren't exactly pressing them. So we kind of gave them the time to, you know, set up their offense and, but we just handled it. And, and, a, and a lot of credit goes to Martinez. McKenzie had an incredible game, but just the defense as a whole just really held strong and, you know, kept a really, really talented team scoreless, which was really impressive to say after, you know, especially after such a long break, having being so, you know, rusty you know but it really didn't look like it defensively yeah definitely and uh you mentioned a couple guys i wanted to talk about um mckenzie had an awesome game i thought he looked super smart uh mature in his play um some big tackles and just kind of i felt like he read balls in the air very well i remember a couple times last year where he turned the wrong shoulder looking for a ball over over his head um he misplayed. I think. I think it may have been in the playoff game, actually, the one I'm thinking about. Mm. Uh, but he played some really smart, uh, just turns and stuff like that coming into the box. Um, and a couple big tackles. Some some good passing from him. He had one pass that split uh, like two lines from our own 18 to almost midfield. But he like just split it through a bunch of players, which was awesome. Martinez. Yeah. He's he's. He is. Oh, did you want to say anything about? No, I'm just saying. Miss McKenzie is getting becoming such like a smooth player defensively, and then like on the yeah. ball with those passes, it just like seems so easy for him. And it's really really cool to see him grow and and just get so much better on the ball than when those defensive spots. Definitely. Martinez El Brujo. El Brujo. Um. He's becoming a fun player to watch. I think I think everyone's going to say that he's one of their favorite players to watch, but also he's also very likely that we're going to miss a few games with him picking up some cards here and there because he just at times looks like a maniac, 
but he's the maniac that you're glad is wearing the same color shirt as you because he is all over some really good tackles. Um, I mean, there wasn't there wasn't too much out there where I was like, yikes! I thought he played pretty clean tackles, but aggressively strong ones. Uh, he did pick up the yellow, which was kind of comical because as he's defending Cassianos, you hear everyone yelling, "No foul! No foul!" And I mean, he's the first part of that. Cassianos had his hand out to kind of shield off uh, Martinez, and he hit his hand down so hard. Castellanos looked up at him like, what the heck did you just do? But he just like punched his hand out of yeah. off his chest. Uh-uh. That was awesome. And then uh then he lost his head a little bit and just hacked him pretty good. Yeah. But uh but it was kind of comical. Um he had got a second talking to in the second half, but that one I didn't really think was that would that would have been rough if they gave him a card for that one. So after the first yellow, he played pretty clean. I wasn't really too worried about it, but um, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he'll be shown a card here and there. Yeah, um, I, mean, I, I, I I agree, but I think yeah, it's definitely he's becoming really endearing himself to the Union fan base. I think we're gonna be very okay with the card every now and again with the way he's been playing. It's he's you know we keep saying he's the exact kind of number six that we, we've been wanting, and it's it's just fun to see him uh, grow into that position. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you know if yellow card accumulation, what, what the deal is with that in this tournament? Um, you know, it's like my least favorite thing in the world. Yeah, I don't know. Isn't I'm sure it's something like. I'm sure it's pretty standard. I don't. I I always forget what the standard rule is, but I'm sure it's like you know what a normal tournament would be, isn't it? So it's like every. It's two yellows, and you have to miss a match, which I think is so dumb. I'm sure I like, that, like resets after the group stages, maybe. Yeah. Um. I don't know. We'll look it up. Yeah, whatever. Or we'll, or we'll find out real soon through Martinez. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. So you talked about Bedoya. He was definitely quiet. Him and Montero were quiet uh, offensively, but Bedoya comes up with the goal, and and we've just seen it time and again where he, he is just that guy who scores that big goal when the team really needs it. Um, last year, starting off with Dallas, scored a big one at San Jose. Obviously, the playoff game, New um, DC started that game. Goal. It's just, it seems like he's not going to score a goal that's not super important, and, and it's just, gosh, we're lucky to have him as our captain. Um, Montero was quiet, but I felt like he did have some quietly good moments where he played a smart ball out of the back to relieve pressure, or he had a few dribbles out of pressure where he was able to just use his quick, quick touches and speed to kind of split a couple of defenders and find some space to uh, move the ball forward. So it wasn't like the flashiest of games for Montero, but I thought he was pretty effective in there. Yeah, He did have one really good chance on the offense where he initially lost the ball, then had an awesome slide tackle from behind kind of, but it was all clean. And then he turned and just blasted the ball over the goal. But uh, it, it was it was a nice little moment kind of. Yeah, no, yeah, I definitely like that because it, yeah, it was a nice little recovery. Like, it was a crunching tackle, but super clean, and then yeah, he didn't really finish it off very well. But he 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 has these like incredible little moments where like he can cut around a defender with such ease that it like doesn't look super flashy. But then when you see the highlight like close up, it's like the most like tightest little touches and te- most technical move to get around this defender. But he does it like so quickly and so smoothly that like it looks like it's nothing to him. Right, and it's it's, it's really it's really cool to see. And then there's there's like one moment where like 
it was in the second half he like had this like little two touch pass around to get to Aronson like and Aronson was kind of in this little pocket outside like center of the 18 and it was like such an easy play to him but but like it was so unexpected that like Aronson didn't wasn't ready for it and couldn't really turn with it and make something out of it but it's I don't know just they seeing some like some of these moments from Ontario it's like it's it's a nice reminder of how talented he is yeah and it wasn't yeah, wasn't like the most strong the strongest game from him but seeing those moments it's like I'm not worried that like he's gonna you know have a bigger game coming going forward yeah there aren't like that many players making those plays mm-hmm. and I felt like uh, Jose Martinez also had a lot of um pressure leaving plays where he would just kind of find the ball and pass, make the right pass or the right dribble to get out of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, our outside backs, Gaddis was Gaddis. He didn't make any big mistakes. Didn't really bring anything offensively. Um, Wagner, uh, also quiet. Uh, I wanted more from him going forward, but I know he hasn't played in like nine months. Yeah. Our whole, our whole attack was really right sided, right side dominated. I felt like there would have been more space if you could have used left side a little more, but they really didn't. Um, and, and I just felt like we could have exploited the space a little more. Uh, and I, I, I again think that goes back to not having like Santos on the field because I feel like he w- yeah. was more, you know, generally more left sided or played on the mm-hmm. more on the left side and was able to make those, you know, channel runs down the left side and kind of open up space and. Then like better yeah. could get get involved and Montero could find more space, but yeah, I agree. Definitely got right sided because of uh, like the lineup, basically. Um, do we know if Santos's injury was big? Like, sorry, I should have asked you this. Yeah, no, yeah, like it, so it came out like kind of. It felt like it was like the night before. Um, it, 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 none of this injuries seemed major. They it was all like announced that they were like questionable. It was like you know Santos, Wooten, and, and Galena were all seemed said there were questionable injuries or you know they so they didn't seem like they were even going to be ruled out for for the game so i was unexpected wasn't expecting to see them all not even in the roster okay. so I, I assume that means there's a good chance at least some of them are back for the next game um because i figured if it wasn't that bad they'd at least make the bench i mean we had two keepers on the bench so i figured it had to be like i mean i didn't want i mean i was hoping it wasn't that bad but like to see him not even make the bench to say like no i can't even go like five or ten minutes like i, I don't know that it's a little worrisome yeah that you have three strikers who all couldn't even make a bench of what they have 15 people on the bench so meaning they like you know you you can't even provide me like five minutes or something but, but yeah. i guess yeah it was definitely weird know. seeing two goalkeepers on a, on a bench that big but yeah, I don't know. Maybe Curran was just being, you know, overly cautious and didn't want to run out guys with injuries. So, I yeah. Um, let's see. So, speaking of subs, uh, let's see. Fontano came in. Uh, you know, I thought he was a little quiet, but yeah, everyone was quiet. I feel like he, he got into some good spots. I feel like he missed a couple easy passes, but and he didn't. He wasn't that super you know energetic spark plug they that we like to see him be off the bench but he, yeah. he did provide a little bit of that i guess maybe it was just that in this game it was harder to, to kind of be that but yeah i was yeah, a I, little bit disappointed in him yeah i think by that point the game was really just kind of i don't know slowed down and the union were just kind of holding on pleasant mm-hmm. came in and um helped solidify that yeah uh, and think... he 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 looked he looked fine but his biggest thing was 
he stopped a counterattack and picked up a really smart yellow. And that was, if he didn't do that, then we would have given up a really big chance. So I was glad he was a center back who had that right mindset, the right way to do it and not give himself a red, but it was a smart yellow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Raval also came in and had a nice, like, it was definitely like a really smart sub to get Martinez up the field to not pick up a second yellow. Oh, yeah. um, but I think he came in and had a really nice performance just to like, you know, solidify the defense and, you know, root out any, any NYC attacks. So that, that was, that was definitely probably the smartest sub from, from Curtin today. For sure. And Curtin ended alluded to this guy making his debut, Jack DeVries. Congrats on making, or DeVries, uh, making your debut. Um, didn't get many touches, but the couple that he had, I mean, were positive. Uh, he was looking like he was trying to be aware of his positioning out there. I was trying to watch where he was running around because mm-hmm. uh, he was, he's kind of like the big question mark as far as homegrowns um, this year. We had a couple, I remember a nice little touch up, up the wing on the left side where he received the ball, made a little move down the left side and popped in a little cross. It was a little long, but congrats on making your start. Uh, uh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty um, huge, especially like a game that's, had actually pretty much pretty big significance the team that we'd never haven't beaten in a while and you know a one game one game goal or one goal game so yeah that was pretty pretty cool to see him out there yeah yeah for sure um all right so lastly let's talk about andre blake uh i was a little nervous um uh this week i talked to a guy from nycfc for their sp nation page and he had specifically talked about blake and we kind of talked about how he ended the season last year wasn't his best. Um, so he is someone who I was a little nervous about. Well, he showed us up because he he was exceptional. He, um, didn't come off his line too often. I mean, I think he only came off his line one time to claim a cross, to be honest. Mm. But he he just made those saves that you uh, you know Andre Blake for. The fingertip out wide, stopping a one-on-one with... Um, over that guy with McKay Stevens or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he, he saved our butts. He really locked in his spot. Yeah. Not, yeah. That, it was, not that it was in question, but in AJ's world, maybe there's a little bit of question. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely impressive, especially like after at some point in the first half, Twelman mentioned how he was, you know, struggling to come out on those, on those crosses and, you know, how, and, kind of mentioned the Red Bull game where he was struggling to do that and gave him a couple goals that way. So kind of like crept in the back of my mind, like, oh yeah, Blake, I don't know, like maybe he's going to be a little shaky, but yeah, now he had an incredible game. And so many times I was, I, you know, you saw the first half, like Aber had like an open, open goal. Oh, yeah, it was him, yeah. and, him and Blake and, you know, Blake just tipped it away, you know, super smooth save. And so many times he came up big and it was, he, I mean, he won the game for us. He, he's the reason we got three points because there's a lot of, a lot of chances that should have been goals. For sure, man. Yeah, he, uh, him or Bedoya, man of the match. It's, it's, it's tough to say between those two. Um, so let's get into Union best, Union worst before our break. Luke, I'll let you go first for the best. Who do you okay. think was the Union best? Okay, yeah, I, I cannot say Andre Blake. Um, yeah, nice. let's go. Yeah, he just he won the game for us and all the reasons we just said. So that's easy, easy pick. Yeah, I'll take my best as uh, actually Brendan Aronson. Nice. Um, even though Bedoya scored the goal, Aronson was involved in the buildup and uh, the play in the box. He was he was getting up high, so um, I could give 
props to our our former guest there, Brendan Aronson. Yeah, it feels pretty cool to say that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. Now I'm just I just picture him walking around Orlando wearing one of the shirts I sent him. Yeah. So props maybe to him. Nice. Did you have a worst? Um, I, I I would say El Cino. Um, it probably wasn't. It, you know, he he did the best for in the situation he was in, but yeah, it just wasn't. Uh, did you know? Yeah, you know, it wasn't wasn't. You didn't see any of those any of these magic moments. It didn't it didn't create any big chance really. So, yeah, I I concur. But I'll pick someone different. I'll go with uh, Casper. Okay. I'll just say even even though being one a man, one man striker system up there, um, he didn't really capitalize on any little chances he had. Um, he didn't really create anything for himself. So kind of was hoping for more and he'll he'll get more the next game, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we'll get into the next game soon. But we'll take a little break here, then we'll talk about what's happening uh beyond Union versus NYCFC. Come back after this. Hey guys, DP Brothers back. Thanks for listening. Uh this half of the podcast we're gonna talk about what else is going on. So one of the big things that popped out of the uh, Union game was a, a Twelman bomb, as Luke said once. Um, <laughs> so Taylor Twelman just like casually mentioned that Mark McKenzie, that Celtic are all over Mark McKenzie. Yeah. And apparently and there's like another one. team into him too, but like they're like scouting him real hard. And like it's, that's Twelman made it sound like it's, there's a lot of interest there. Which just casually dropping that in the middle of a game is, you know, you know, spurred a lot of uh, Union fans to to freak out a little bit. But yeah. pretty pretty crazy to hear. But uh, also not super shocking because just seeing how well he's been playing and the talent that he has, it's it's kind of like a, I guess more of a win and not if he goes to Europe where you know. But I guess still a, a an if because we never seen a union player go to Europe yet. But I think he definitely has the the, the chance to. Yeah, um, Celtic would be cool uh, level of play. I don't know if it would be exactly. I was kind of looking at the brotherly game Slack, and Matt was kind of saying like I don't know how much of a raise in play that would be. But then uh, Celtic, you'll win some trophies, and then it's Champions League. That would be the big thing. Mark yeah. McKenzie in Champions League would be pretty sick. Um, and then I'm sure there's just a lot more eyes on you, and he could get yeah. to like Premier League more easily, or you know Bundesliga or wherever he he could go is is probably way easier from from Celtic than from the Union, obviously. So it, yeah, I, I don't know. And, and the first thing that comes to my mind, which is which is probably not the the right way to look at it, but I I'm so excited to like if if that happens to get a Mark McKenzie Celtic jersey. Yeah, like, that already would feel have... so cool. Yeah, it's like I already have a Celtic jersey, so I, it's almost like I almost not that I don't want them to go, but I want them to go somewhere else so I can get a different team's jersey. Yeah, but I don't know. I like their jerseys. I like the you know the green and white. It's it's, it's a pretty I, classic, cool look. So oh, I love the jersey. Yeah, yeah, I just I already have it. I want I want a new jersey. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's that's uh, that was some breaking news, um, and then also whenever Americans are allowed back into other countries. Yeah, big factor. Um, and then uh, I don't know if you know. Um, I guess Scotland uh, takes some more player uh, American players. So I wonder. I guess their European visa rules are different there because I know like 
some players go to, I want to say Portugal or Netherlands, one of those two for a couple of years to get a European work visa quicker than um, other countries or something. So that's just another aspect of maybe going to not straight to the Premier League because mm, of some no. work visa things. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, that's cool. Um, so uh, let's see. So yeah, the other big news that happened today actually was right. that Nashville is now officially out. Um, it was something we kind of expected with seeing how many cases were popping up from from their team and organization. It was up to nine um, positive cases of COVID. So after seeing Dallas have to get kicked out with, with 10 cases, you kind of expected that like Nashville's gonna follow as well. So that was announced today and Obviously, that was supposed to be the Union's next opponent, and they were in, obviously already in Group A, but now they're gonna they're out, so now they're gonna shift Chicago to Group B, and now our our group is just uh, NYC, Orlando, and Miami with us. So it's now like a kind of more traditional. Every group has a group of four, and it's pretty 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 standard, but. Um, it sucks for Nashville. It sucks for those fans. Like the, you know, it's a new team. You want they want to see them out there and see those players, and the fans want to get behind them. But yeah, let's you know. talk about Nash. Let's talk about Nashville right now. Like you're excited. You got this team. Um, season finally, it's finally here. Your team's about to start playing at MLS. Boom, two games in. Season's put on pause. Mm -hmm. All right, now we got this tournament coming. All right, well, new team, kind of a fresh start. No team is really ahead of another team coming to this tournament maybe we could do something oh crap we have a case oh we have a couple cases oh no now we're out of the tournament like that sucks so bad and it also sucks for like players like a guy like Derek Jones or David Akam who like Akam has been in the league for a while uh who knows how many years he has left and any athlete like you don't know how long your um career is going to be in sports so it sucks for all of them if uh that's kind of the end of the year for them who knows how it's going to go but yeah. I was just thinking of Nashville fans like, dude, you've waited all this time and then the tournament's here. The tournament has begun and the second day of the tournament, you find out your team's out. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, and obviously, hopefully, all those players recover and all the player, all the people who got affected like recover and it's not um, a serious case where then it's, and it's more, you know, minor symptoms and everything and they recover easily and that's, their health is, is intact. But yeah, it's, it's really a shame that they can't participate in this so you know obviously it's not something that kind of wasn't you know maybe people expected was a possibility to happen but have now have two teams get kicked out of this tournament because of um the amount of cases that that were contracted from the, within the teams is it's concerning it's scary it's you know it really sucks um it makes it kind of feel weird that the tournament itself is still going on it makes it feel a little more like i don't know uneasy about all of it but Hopefully now with these teams gone that like the rest of the teams there, you know, no, there's no more cases popping up. And I know there's maybe like one case in maybe Columbus that it was yeah. that, um, that maybe like that, that's, that's kind of the end of it. And the rest of the, the people in, in the bubble, you know, no one, no one has it and it, and it stays that way and everyone stays healthy. So, you know, it's, yeah, it seemed like the right call, but it's just, it's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, other than uh, those two teams, it's been it's pretty clean. Uh, yeah, so it's it's good. I, I think. I mean, obviously, the right call get those guys healthy, make sure you're not infecting others. But um, yeah, I mean, other than those two who got it not in the bubble, it, it seems like the bubble is uh, going to be a safe spot. It seems like 
people who have spoken out about it are now kind of saying, oh, you know, I feel pretty safe here. Um, they're doing things the right way. And so um, I'd say let's take them out and then let's have uh, everything else is good. So now Chicago is in Group B, which is kind of silly because now they're with a bunch of Western teams. They're with Seattle, Vancouver, and San Jose. So that's kind of silly for them. Um, another That's also a fan base that's kind of in a weird situation now. They were in this group of six. So you went through, oh, we're in the group of six. And then you're looking at the Eastern Conference teams. You might be thinking, oh, I can compete with them. And now in the middle of the tournament, two day, uh, second day of the tournament, now you're in a different group against a whole different set of teams. Um, so it's just kind of... My point being, be thankful that we're uh, Philadelphia fans and we haven't, one, obviously have all stayed healthy. Two, are still in Group A with um, some weaker teams potentially. Yeah. And uh, three, we've already got a game under our belts and things aren't changing for us. So, right. um, yeah, 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 we're in a good spot. And we're it, in a good spot. I feel like it was only a matter of scheduling. Like if we weren't the – Thursday morning game and we were a Thursday night game and it was Chicago in the morning, then it would have been us that could have been changed because we wouldn't have played yet. And, and if like, if we were to, were to play, you know, supposed to play Nashville first, like it was just like a matter of chance of like who we ended up playing in the first round that like kind of created all this change. So it was, it's kind of weird to think about. And I like, I, I, yeah, I think we're looking at the, our opponents. I think we're in a, a good group, especially now that we beat NYC. I think Miami and Orlando should be, doable I, I i don't think group b is too scary outside of seattle i think like vancouver and san jose are teams that are, are pretty beatable as well but um yeah. it's yeah it's super weird that like having the, these kind of changes and it sucks for like i think chicago like prepping for the three teams they were supposed yeah. to play and then it changes like you know when when, you, when the tournament starts so that's that's got to be really frustrating for for that team but at least it i don't know at least they're safe in the tournament yeah yeah, yeah, get a chance to play. Um, let's see. So now, now the rules are different for us because we were thinking we had to come in at least the top three and maybe a top four. But now, like all the groups, um, top two advance plus four third place teams. That's a ton of teams moving on. So what is that sixteen teams out of twenty four now? Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a ton. So two thirds of the teams get to go into the knockout stage. Uh, it seems like a lot, but I guess this is the knockout stage is all just kind of imaginary and for fun anyway. So yeah. I guess that is all a lot a lot of teams in. Um I mean we got three points, so you'd imagine that should be enough right there to kind of get you into the next round. Cause I'd imagine the bottom eight would probably be winless teams, basically. Right? So yeah. probably I mean, I know I'd imagine three points and you should four points should definitely get you into the knockout stage when two-thirds of the teams are getting through because you're looking at the last-place teams in each group and then uh, two other... Gosh! Only two third-place teams aren't making it in. So four out of six third-place teams are moving on. Yeah, that's crazy. So I, I mean, if you, if you don't make the knockout stage, uh, you might as well just stop playing soccer at this point. Yeah. It's, I think this should just be relegation at this point. Let's just relegate them to uh i don't know baseball because they should do that instead um yeah that's crazy so we'll move on to the next round there lock it in yeah it's pretty i never that, didn't think about it that way that's that's probably pretty true yeah that's crazy um you're welcome yeah so yeah so now we have 
instead of Nashville, we have Orlando and and Miami to, to, to look forward to. And fortunately, we got to see those teams play in the, in the in the first game, so we have a little bit of a you know a base knowledge of like what what we're looking at in terms of opponents. So, what what do you think about those those two teams in terms of um, you know their level of play and, and our, our chances against them? So first off, we have Miami. Um, dude, we got both these teams. They're they're we we called nine points, or at least I called nine points uh-huh. uh, before the tournament started. I'll, I'll double up. I'll say eighteen points now. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. I think I think we're gonna be fine with these. Uh, it was nice watching these two teams last night without um, any distractions and any like other thoughts. Then let me just watch them and kind of see how they are. But we were texting and saying like. I think the Union will be fine against both of these teams. Um, first up, we'll end up playing Miami on Tuesday night, late 1030. Uh, all the kids will be in bed. And, um, you know, they didn't look that threatening. Uh, obviously, they lost. So they have yet to win a game in their MLS life. A um, couple guys who look good. Pellegrini, Figal. I thought Wynn looked good when he came in in the second half. Agudelo mm. got the goal, but he also missed an easy one. Yeah. Um, Pizarro came in in the second half, and I mean, he didn't look like out of this world superstar. Right. I really think he will be okay. I, I, just, I think the announcers said this like I don't know a hundred times because they don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> they talk about their they don't have much of an attack. Like, yeah. They've got some pieces, some aging pieces and whatnot who, you know, Agadell, he's got to make it now or, or you know, not. Right. Um, you I know, mean, they brought, they brought in Breck Shea, but we didn't get to see him last night. That's uh, a shame. It's always yeah. a good time to see him. Yeah, and they had Robbie Robinson, who was like the first draft, first pick of the, in the draft. And I think they were expecting to get some minutes out of him, but I, I don't, I think he's not in the tournament. Right. Yeah, he went home. He yeah, went home, so he's not in. And then they had uh, the guy get Reyes get hurt, uh, which Ooh, yeah, that, was, like that was not good, not good. But it sounds like he's going to be okay. But the wild thing is, is um, once you leave the bubble, you've got a quarantine for 14 days before you can come back in. So even if he, I mean, he could be like, you know, healthy as could be tomorrow, but he's still got to wait 14 days, even if he doesn't have or didn't have, you know, COVID this yesterday morning. So. Um, so that's another starter who's out. Pizarro, he'll probably be starting. He didn't start last night, but he came in for like uh, part of the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, got weird pink hair. It's like grown out. I don't know. Seems steam spirit, man. Seems, seems lazy at this point. <laughs> uh, their their jerseys, they're they're too shiny and lazy for a cool white, black, and pink color scheme. I feel like they could have done better there. So that's yeah. my complaints on yeah, Miami. Yeah, it was tough watching that with those. They're shiny white kids, and they got so really, shiny. really sweaty, and then it was a see-through shirt. So that was that's tough, especially with when it's a blank shirt with no sponsor, so you could see uh, see all those players, all those players' muscles, which is you know it could be a good or bad thing, but it was maybe distracting. Yeah, yeah, seriously, <laughs> I was so distracted. Um, let's see what else. Uh, so that's pretty much that on Miami, Orlando. We both also, I mean. They looked okay. I like Dom Dwyer, uh, partially because I listened to the BSI podcast, and I thought he was really funny on that. Oh, um, I think he's so frustrating because he's he's always kind of having those cheap shots, and you kind of saw it with the injury to Reyes. He, you know, had his elbow up, and it, you know, it was he was, you know, 
not blatantly out throwing his elbow out, but it's something that he kind of always does. You kind of expect it to be something that's more, more, you know, in his head than not just like uh, a random incident. Then so it's, it's, he's kind of a frustrating player and I, you know, one want to keep an eye out to, you know, keep those elbows in check. And he, it, I don't know, he's just kind of one of those frustrating players to watch and, and watch your team go up against. So, so I get what, so the Reyes thing I think was, a, that, that was just a freak incident. Uh, I, that's just random. That's just so weird. And he, he didn't, you saw Dwyer's face and he was taken off shortly after that. I think, I think that kind of a thing gets in your head when you accidentally hurt someone and they end up being taken off on a stretcher. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, no, I'm not looking forward to playing him. Like as a defender, he's not a guy you want to go up against because he's he's always in your back as you try and clear the ball and stuff. Uh, but he didn't really have too much help up there. Um, For sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, Nani's Nani. Uh, who who's their other guy? Um, uh, white dude, blonde hair. Um, oh, they got Mueller, Chris Mueller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, a kind he of a looks- ginger, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, he looks more threatening than than Dwyer. Yeah, he's good. But Dwyer, Dwyer's a guy who's he just does so much work. Um. Uh, but yeah, I just had to laugh. He he's a funny dude. Listen to him on on that podcast BSI. He he was cracking me up. So right there, I kind of like him for that. Gotcha. But as a defender, I would hate to play against him. Um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Chris Mueller is is probably one of their most threatening players. He's yeah. Um, he created a lot of chances in that game. Um. Yeah, I think he and and Wagner and I think probably McKenzie as well are going to have a pretty nice battle when they, when they, when we play him because yeah he gets mm-hmm. he has some he's able to create some chances so it's definitely one to look out for but yeah other than that I don't know they have they had that one like real speedy uh, fullback Ruan who gets up there a lot and he he seems to be pretty yeah. talented but like you know he's he's not like Marcelo he, he's not you know influencing the the attack too much but definitely got to like kind of keep an eye on but. Other than that, their their team isn't isn't super super scary. I know we always have some dramatic games with them, and I, you know their their nickname was like the cardiac cats is what what they call them because they always have those kind of late late goals like we saw last night as well. But they're a team I'm never really worried about, you know. Yeah, um, I will say as far as the two coaches, I feel like the Miami coach pulled better moves. I feel like he he's the better coach of the two um yeah i mean yeah but, well but, uh, orlando's coach is good i think he just is gonna that 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 team just needs a lot more work and he's gonna yeah. have a it's definitely kind of more of a probably gonna need like a reset for him and with the roster for getting the players that he wants because he i'm blanking on his name but he, he had a lot of success with dallas so he's definitely a good coach they just i think that team just needs a lot of work which it seems like you say that every year about orlando but this is definitely right. a case of that Oscar Perea. There you go. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Um, all right. So, I mean, I, I'm not – I'm thinking we're going to win both of these games. Um, I would say in the game against Dwyer, I would go McKenzie and Glesnes. And, I mean, I, I just want to keep seeing McKenzie. So, yeah, I would say McKenzie in either one, Elliot or Glesnes, because I feel like that's the main decision that Curtin has – looking at these next two games, I guess you'd probably look at their fitness, see who, how uh, Elliot's holding up by Tuesday night just to decide if he goes again um, and the other center backs. Yeah. Do you see any other lineup changes? I, I mean, mean, hopefully. Yeah, it's really just a matter of if the strikers are healthy. I mean, even if Vuitton's healthy, I see him starting over El Cino to, 
in in the next game hopefully but yeah that's really the only other question mark i think martinez probably locked in his starting spot it's just a matter of getting those other guys healthy yeah um let's say let's say strikers are still out would you start someone like fontana over el Sino and save el Sino as a sub i mean i would yeah, yeah. I, I would I would even try DeVries to start over Elsino. Yeah. I I just don't think it's it's worth it to have him starting and playing even a full 45 minutes. It just doesn't it just throws the whole team off. They're not able to press, which is what they were so effective with last last season and what they wanted to do going into this season more and with him out there it just doesn't it doesn't work as well. We saw that today and I think we'd see that again if it happened. So I think Fontana even though he's you know, maybe obviously less experience. I think he could at least execute the press and be more mobile. So I, I think it, it's makes sense if we don't have any other options. It's, I don't know. I, you have anything else to say on that? Like the other, the other thing I was gonna say is maybe you could say, um, you know, say we've got enough points to advance, and uh, we don't know. So MLS hasn't updated as far as their website. Maybe someone else knows, but. Uh, the knockout it still says a one plays third place of random teams so we don't really know who and what positions are better to come in but i could see them maybe going if they're just just trying to like play it a little safer go four two three one with martinez and craval and then play casper alone up top again with bedoya aronson and montero do something like that yeah if you just play a little safer but yeah i, I could have seen that though today more than any other games because well, yeah. nyc's attack is is so talented to, so i i could i would have seen or expected to see a, a, that conservative lineup today i i feel like they, if, if it didn't happen today that i don't see them doing that in the in the next two games yeah i don't see i i, I don't see either of these teams posing much of a challenge but uh i guess history shows i'm a little bit of a homer when it comes to the union just a you little yeah. just a little um all right so uh i'm gonna wear union stuff every day for the rest of um the tournament i mean i guess i wear union stuff every day anyway it's yeah, summertime that's just your life yeah yeah um but my fred jersey was the one i had on today it's one and oh you had your casper jersey on are you gonna wear your casper jersey again on tuesday or are you gonna switch it up i don't know maybe i might go i still haven't worn the Mwanga one yet that i got so oh, I, might, yeah. I might break that one out and, and wear that uh late late tuesday night oh um, yeah but they'll be our jammy jams yeah um yeah i don't know yeah that, that might be what i go with but all right and then that brings me to our next segment speaking of things we find on ebay look what's our weekly ebay find of the week yeah just pull it up so this week um it's it's a good one guys you're gonna want to jump on this it's a 2010 Manchester United versus Philadelphia Union official match day program. It, it it looks like mint condition. It's got Rooney, Patrick Ever. I think that's skulls on there. Um, it's 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 a you know it's seven dollars and, and it looks you know I think everyone should dump on that one. Uh, you had me at 2010. Anything <laughs> I will buy. It's in the, yeah. There's it's funny. There's no. Uh, no union player on, on on that cover, but I guess it's from like the Manchester United like tour of U.S. or whatever it was. So, but you know that's my that's my union find of the week. Nice, nice. There is there is I was talking like a gold jersey, um, from I guess 2010. Looks like there's no, uh, what is that? No, um, Bimbo logo on the front, mm. 
And right now, it's three days away from being up, but it's five ninety nine. Ooh, that's good. I know. Uh, I mean, if it's if it's below ten bucks, I might just grab it just because I would like it. Uh, yeah, you can't pass it. No, no bids yet. No bids yet. Oh man, yeah, put that on the watch list. Yeah, there haven't been any uh, Bethlehem steel jerseys popping up, have there? No, that's yeah. This will be one we've I've been we've been both been looking at for. But yeah, there there was like a streak of those going out on eBay for like nearly two hundred two hundred dollars. But right now, I don't see any. Yeah. Now the last thing I'm going to bring up. Um, do you think you can fit into a youth extra large? <laughs> It'd be tight. Uh, well, why? Um, there's a youth extra large Roger Torres uh, jersey. Ooh. No bimbo. So I got it. Roger Torres. You. you got me Roger Torres. Jersey. I know. I know. But that was the first Union jersey I I got. But I would say I'll give you this one. It has no bimbo logo. Original 2010. And I'd trade you for the other one so hmm. I could have. But, um, but maybe for my friend uh, Benjamin Franklin Mitchell, maybe he'll he'll be interested in that youth uh, there jersey. You there you go. There you go. So do you, do you want to do a prediction of the two games since we might not be able to podcast next week? Yeah, next week I'm gonna be at uh, the beach. I'll be in Bethany Beach. Um, if you're looking to watch a game, oh nah, it's late. Don't don't message me. Uh, I'm also not on Twitter anymore, so yeah. Uh, We'll see how long that lasts. So, okay, so we've got two games. So we're not going to podcast next week because I'll be at the beach. So we've got two games. Um, I was about to say Nashville. We've got Miami and Orlando to predict. And we didn't choose a celebrity guest this week because we forgot. Um, so Miami, let's see. Luke, do you have a prediction? Sure. I will say we will win 2-0. Two 2-0? Zero. Two zero? Conservative yeah. in my mind? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, do you want to give goal scores? Yeah, I want to go Casper gets on the board, and then I'm going to say Montero gets on the board. All right. Yeah. I guess we should do the folks the due diligence. We both predicted wins of the NYC, so we both get a point for predicting the wins. Neither of us had the right score. We both thought it would be a little more goal scoring. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ryan predicted we'd lose, so sorry, Ryan. Um, you're wrong. But we still love you, man. We still yeah. love you. You're a guy. I'm going to go with a stomping. Ready? Uh-huh. I typed it in. Do you see it on the notes? Oh, boy. 4-0. 4-0, folks. I think it's going to be 4-0. I think it's going to be scoring all around. I think Aronson's going to get one. Um, I think we're going to have a defender get one. I'm going to put Elliot on that one. Uh, we'll go Casper. And um, I'm going to go Wagner, a random one. So I think it's going to be a, a stomping. And so then we have Orlando the following Monday. Uh, fun fact, that's the day after my anniversary, which you probably know. Of course I did. Yep. It will be six years from the time you made a really cool speech. Oh, yeah. my uh -huh. I'll tell you, Luke, Luke, uh, you might be like, man, Luke making a speech, that must have been terrible. But it actually started out really well, and I'll never forget it. I'm going to tell you guys right now. Okay, so six years ago, Luke is my best man at my wedding. Here's how his speech started. He said... The two strongest feelings that humans can feel are fear and love. Um, so the first one is for fear, for my fear of public speaking. The second one is love, for how much I love you two as a couple. It was something along those lines. Luke said it really well, and I'll never forget that line. So Luke, props to you. Yeah, that was something I had to practice for, practice a lot before that, though, because I was super, super nervous because I do not obviously like public speaking. Yeah. 
and then you pooped your pants and it was hilarious yeah that, yeah was, don't talk about the rest of the story but yeah <laughs> um, all right so next up we have orlando i think this one's actually going to be uh a little less less convincing but not mm. totally unconvincing i think we're gonna go 2-0 and i think we're gonna finish out the group stage without having a goal scored on us wow all right and i'm gonna go with a cast oh uh, no 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 santos brace all right nice that sounds good that, that i'd like that especially seeing him healthy um, I think there's always there's always back and forth in this in these games with Orlando, and I think there's gonna be that in this one as well. So I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna say three two. It's gonna, I think it's gonna be a, a a lot of goals, a lot of back and forth, but I think we're gonna pull out the a win, and it maybe it might be a late win, it might not be, but um, yeah, we're gonna say three two, and I'll say um, I'll say Casper scores again. Bedoya comes up big again, and then who else should score? I'm going to say Martinez scores, because why not? Martinez is going to be out on yellow card accumulation. <laughs> he's going to have seven yellow cards by that point, but he's going to sneak it in. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. Because usually yellow card accumulation is like two yellows, um, but then it, from the group stage, it can carry into the knockout stage. But then it like resets in the uh, semifinals or something like that. Like it's so it, it makes me so mad because like you get a yellow card two weeks ago, but then it follows you. And it's like so, so dumb. Like sometimes as a defensive player, you just need to take a yellow and that's okay. Yeah. I, and I think like Lesness. So he had a professional yellow today. Was in the game for what, 10 minutes? Yeah, um, something like that. And don't tell me he has to like play careful for the next three or four games because he had a professional foul. Like that's that's lame. It wasn't like it was egregious or anything that's going to injure anyone. Yeah, it was a professional foul. No NYCFC player would argue about that. And but it might impact the way he has to play the next time he gets to play. It might even impact his playing time. Curtin might be like, well, you're on a yellow now, and if you get another yellow, then you've got to sit a game. So that's my complaint about yellow card accumulation i don't even know if that's a thing in this tournament but usually is so i'll complain all right all right uh yeah cool. anything, anything else you want to cover um let, can i just talk about yellow card accumulation a little bit longer <laughs> no but there's one thing i want to say before we we, we sign off i'll uh, take it this yesterday was supposed to be the day we would have been in chicago for a union chicago game Oh, that's right. And yeah, so like obviously we made these plans before, you know, things happened. But yeah, this is going to be our, our, you know, Doobie Brothers outing with, it would have been with our dad. We would have had this super sweet plan of like, we got some really cheap tickets, a nice hotel. We had like, we had front row seats right behind the bench and Soldier Field. You just said we got super cheap tickets and then you just talked about how good our seats were. (laughs) I meant plane tickets, plane tickets. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, but okay. yeah, that, well, the, the the game tickets were actually also pretty affordable for front row seats behind the, the union bench. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's something. It, it was a like a a week or a, yeah, a trip that we we planned like super easily with, with it just worked out so easily, and then all this happened and we couldn't go. But you know, maybe next year we'll get to get out to Chicago to you know have some deep dish and watch the union play in Soldier Field. But that yeah, that would have happened this week. Yeah, man, I still got those tickets on my phone. What do I do? You can tell me off air, but like, I'm sure there's a refund system. Yeah, well, actually, oh, never mind. It's on my wife's phone. I couldn't figure out the technology on that. That's right. That makes sense. She's got it. All right, cool. <laughs> off my off my hands. All right. 
Well, thanks, everyone. We uh, hopefully gave you something fun to listen to. Um, we'll be off next week because I'll be at the beach, um, so don't message me. Uh, but, yeah, we'll be back in, like, a week and a half. We'll podcast um, probably the Tuesday like the 21st right after yeah after the third the orlando game so yeah most likely we'll be, we'll be previewing a knockout round game uh against whoever but we'll, we'll that's what we'll, we'll talk next yeah so thanks for listening um keep being good people uh love you guys all um see you later <laughs>